Mark chapter 14, verses 53 through 72. Jesus was led to the high priest's home, where the leading priests, other leaders, and teachers of religious law had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed far behind and then slipped inside the gates of the high priest's courtyard. For a while he sat with the guards, warming himself by the fire. Inside, the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would testify against Jesus, so they could put him to death. But their efforts were in vain. Many false witnesses spoke against him, but they contradicted each other. Finally, some men stood up to testify against him with this lie. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days I will build another made without human hands. But even they didn't get their story straight. Then the high priest stood up before the others and asked Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? Jesus made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the blessed God? Jesus said, I am, and you will see me, the Son of Man, sitting at God's right hand in the place of power and coming back on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Why do we need other witnesses? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? And they all condemned him to death. Then some of them began to spit at him, and they blindfolded him and hit his face with their fists. Who hit you that time, you prophet? they jeered. And even the guards were hitting him as they led him away. Meanwhile, Peter was below in the courtyard. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and then said, You were one of those with Jesus the Nazarene. Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. The servant girl saw him standing there and began telling the others, That man is definitely one of them. Peter denied it again. A little later, some other bystanders began saying to Peter, You must be one of them because you're from Galilee. Peter said, I swear by God, I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and cried. My name is Danny. I'll be 35 this month, and I have been at the refuge almost 11 months. I'm in phase four. Um, it's a little different, like sitting here by myself, giving my testimony in this phone and not standing in front of a d- bunch of people. So like, bear with me. Um, we might be here a while. <laughs> All right, where to start? Uh, I come from a small family. I'm the youngest of two. My parents are still together. Um, and I was like, I was favored. I was doted on. I'm my daddy's little girl. Um, I always like uh, was getting into mischief and, and getting in trouble and, uh, always able to like, uh, I don't know, I guess laugh my way out of it. Um, 
Like I said, I was always the favorite. I still am. Like, I'm daddy's little girl. Um, I was spoiled. I still am. Um, Because of that, like, I was super defiant growing up. So nobody could tell me what to do, Um, especially when I hit high school. Like I said, my parents are still together. Um, I would say, like, happily married, but they're not. Um, I come from a family where my dad was always having an affair and my mom has always been bitter and they always had their own thing going on and their own drama. So I just stayed gone and like, um, did whatever I wanted in high school. I've always been like the class clown. I've always been, um, I don't know, kind of like the life of the party. And because of that, I was able to, um, make my way around life pretty easily um and of course like with the life of the party comes the parties and comes uh, a quick recipe for like uh alcoholism and drug addiction um and pretty much like since high school until about a year ago like that's what my life has consisted of uh it went from alcohol to like pills back to alcohol to methamphetamines back to alcohol to more pills and then heroin um and that lifestyle of like um just chaos and destruction and heartbreak um yeah and all the things that go with it like prostitution um more heartbreak, jail, institutions, like AA, you name it. I've been through it. I've done it. Uh, I'm sure like everybody else in their story, because we all know like what goes hand in hand with drug addiction. Um, and it's just, just a life of heartbreak, just a life of a uh, chaos and thinking that we know it all. Um, and thinking like this time it's going to get better and this time it's going to be different. Um, I was had a problem with AA. I had an issue with like, uh, thinking that anything could be your God. I don't know if I really knew why. I just knew that it didn't seem right to me. Um, One of the many things my parents did growing up to try to make me better was send me to a private school in high school. It didn't last very long, but I did get saved there and uh, met Jesus when I was like 14. But again, it didn't last long. Like I wanted to party and do whatever I wanted. So, but I did get that chance to like uh, meet Jesus as my savior. And I think I always knew that like God was chasing me. Um, Man, anything that I could get in trouble for, I did. Um, I could not get away with anything. My dad still makes the joke, like, man, if you're going to get, if you're going to do something, you're going to get arrested, like you're going to catch the charges. And I always did. And now I think I can kind of look back at it and like laugh that, um, I think, I think God was just chasing me, man. Like, I think if, um, if I wouldn't have been sitting in a jail cell, like half the time that I was, I'd probably be dead. Um, I've like overdosed numerous times. So yeah, that's kind of what got me here. It's probably a lot like everybody else's story, but I really like to focus on like what it's been the 11 months that I've been here. And it's been like the hardest thing and still is to this day um, that I've done in my life by far. First, when I got here, like Satan really hit me hard with doubt. I don't know where it came from. All I know is when I got here for the first month, I was like doubting that any of this is true. The Bible seemed outlandish to me. I just couldn't understand like how a God um, could create us and then let us fall. Um, And then I have to be sorry for like the mess that he created. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way that I was raised um, in this like 
I'm just entitled. I'm just an entitled, spoiled little brat. And I still am most of the time. And like, God has to check me. But, um, man, I challenged him a lot when I got here and like, man, faithfully, he was up for the challenge every time. And he kept showing up every single time. Um, and it was beautiful. Uh, it still is. I still challenge him. I still, uh, doubt things. I still, um, yeah, I still challenge him all the time and faithfully he shows up every time. Um, so God finally proved himself to me because he loves us and he will do that. Um, and then it, I don't know, uh, since then it's been, um, it's (laughs) been interesting. Um, where was I? Oh yeah. So since then it's been like super, super interesting, um, more or less, more than anything, like God has kind of had to show me what kind of person I am um, and just how filthy I am. Once I got into this relationship with God, uh, I got into this, like I needed to hide what kind of person I was and I wasn't really selfish and I really didn't want the glory for things. And I, um, (laughs) I made God all about like everything that I have thought everything that I've grown up with I think like with corrections and all the institutions I've been in so like we take the drugs away and then it's just this behavior modification of I'm going to be a good person Um, I'm gonna try harder I'm still not gonna take off these masks because I don't even think really without God you don't see them yourself Um, we just think that the drugs are gone so now like we're gonna be these like utmost standing citizens uh and man it doesn't work that way um so once i challenged god and built this relationship with him he started showing me like who i really am and who i really am to this day because i think even at the time i started seeing these things about myself but i still thought like um eventually one day the closer I got with him like they were going to disappear that I wasn't going to want the glory um that I wasn't going to be selfish I wasn't going to be deceitful I wasn't going to do all the things that I still do to this day and then once I started realizing like just how bad of a person that I really am I started seeing just how much of a savior I needed um and that's been unbelievable about two months ago, I got into leadership. I did not want to do it. I wanted nothing to do with leadership. And uh, Becca Linton, which I'm sure most of you know, basically told me that I needed to grow up. Uh, and it was the best thing that anybody I think has ever told me. Because uh, I did. It was time to grow up. It was time to uh, at least attempt be a leader. I don't want to say be a leader because I fail all the time. And I, I truly question uh, my leadership skills. But because of that, Man, God has been able to show up in ways that there's just no way it's me. Um, Anybody that knows me, like I mess up all the time. I make decisions in my own strength and because of that I hurt people. Um, I do what I want because half the time I don't know if it's like that I think I know best or I'm just used to doing what I want in my life. It's just being human. Um, Man, it's just a process that I'm going to have to like learn to deal with the rest of my life and with God, like that's okay, ma'am. Um, it's been a blessing. I, I really do pray like everybody gets the chance to go into some kind of leadership in this program because uh, the way like God's had to show up because I can't do it myself. I can't do it without him. 
So I think this is cool. Uh, it's a little different when you give your uh, testimony at orientation because I want to like try to talk to the new person, and I love that we're able to do this to like all of uh, our brothers and sisters that are out already in this program and struggling with the same things that we all do. Whether you're like one month into this, whether you're four months into this, whether you're almost 11 months into this, like, man, I still struggle with wanting to stay and I struggle with wanting to give my life to Christ. Every day I wake up, it's not this like, oh my goodness, how many people can can I bring to Christ today? And, and everything I wanna do is just live for Christ. Like I still struggle with like wanting to listen to the right music and not gossiping and using the right language. And man, everything that I struggled with um, when I first got here, I mean, it might not be as hard, you know, I think the more you fall in love with Jesus, um, the more like opportunity you get to know him, the easier it gets to want to like choose him over smoking cigarettes or doing drugs. Um, so yeah, yeah. I just pray for any of those people like still in the program dealing with like whether you want to go or whether you want to, um, stay. Um, it's worth it. It's worth the endurance. Don't make decisions off of how you feel. Um, because that's what we've done our entire life and we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, I was talking to Becca Linton not long ago and she made a really good point. Like we do what is right. Um, and with that, you can stand firm. Like you can stand firm on knowing that as long as you do what is right and not to say that you're always going to make the right decision because we don't, I don't, um, but when I'm like faced with a hard decision, if I do what is right, like it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. Um, cause that's what, that's what Jesus is all about, man. Um, even when I don't do what's right, like knowing that he loves me, um, and he's got me. And in this process, like he can change me because I cannot change myself. Like I said, I mess up all the time because I do things in my own strength. So yeah, anyways, uh, I guess that's really all I have. Uh, know if any of you got anything from this or if I just babbled on for the last 10 minutes so yeah um that's all I got psalm chapter 53 verses 1 through 6 for the choir director a meditation of David only fools say in their hearts there is no God they are corrupt and their actions are evil no one does good. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if there is even one with real understanding, one who seeks for God. But no, all have turned away from God. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not even one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread. They wouldn't think of praying to God. But then... Terror will grip them, terror like they have never known before. God will scatter the bones of your enemies. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that salvation would come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel. For when God restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4. Riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living is a safeguard against death.